Support for I Hear of Sherlock Everywhere comes from MX Publishing, with the largest catalog of new Sherlock Holmes books in the world. New novels, biographies, graphic novels, and short story collections about Sherlock Holmes. Find them at mxpublishing.com. And by the Wessex Press, the premier publisher of books about Sherlock Holmes and his world. Find them online at wessexpress.com. And from listeners like you, who support us through Patreon. Bonus material, thank you gifts, and more await at patreon.com slash I Hear of Sherlock. I Hear of Sherlock Everywhere, episode 256, The BSI Weekend in Review. I hear of Sherlock everywhere since you became astronomer. In a world where it's always 1895, comes I Hear of Sherlock Everywhere, a podcast for devotees of Mr. Sherlock Holmes, the world's first unofficial consulting detective. I've heard of you before. You're Holmes the meddler, Holmes the busybody, Holmes the Scotland Yard jacket office. <laughs> The game's afoot as we discuss goings-on in the world of Sherlock Holmes enthusiasts, the Baker Street Irregulars, and popular culture related to the great detective. As we go to press, sensational developments have been reported. So join your hosts, Scott Monty and Burke Walder, as they talk about what's new in the world of Sherlock Holmes. You couldn't have come at a better time! And welcome to Season 17 of I Hear of Sherlock Everywhere, the first podcast for Sherlock Holmes devotees where it's always 1895. I'm Scott Monty. I'm Bert Walder. And Bert, you know, this is, this is one of those episodes where, by the magic of editing, it appeared on January 15th, 2023. But for our dedicated listeners who are wondering, where was that episode on January 15th, 2023? Um, Because we have dropped it a few days late. Well, the good news is we are here. The bad news is we were delayed because of COVID. That's right. COVID. COVID, The gift that keeps on giving uh, right after the holiday season into the flurry in New York. And it came back. It hitched a ride with me back to michigan and took me out for a few days so we had to delay this little recording yes but you're worth waiting for uh well that remains to be seen um you know when you're when you're doing a team podcast it is essential to have uh, both members of the team although we've we've managed in in seasons before and years before and certain episodes to uh, do it without each other i don't have as much fun that way no, no, I don't either. It's not not the same sort of experience. Besides, you know, with the two of us chattering along, we can cover more ground and create more content. That is true. And I will tell you one thing, Bert. I am extraordinarily less funny without someone to bounce ideas off of. <laughs> 
<laughs> See? Yeah, well, the other thing is we're good. We're a good audience for each other. You know, that means true. a lot, too. That is true. Yeah. Um, it's, it's nice to have that. Well, um, for those of you who are... Uh, new to I Hear of Sherlock everywhere, welcome. This is a show where we typically interview uh, folks and talk about some of the goings-on in the world of Sherlock Holmes enthusiasts, as the introduction mentioned. Books and uh, plays and movies and musicals and audio adaptations. Uh, Any way that you can consider Sherlock Holmes being Uh, shared with the general public, we tend to talk to uh, the creators and the personalities behind that. And then occasionally we have an episode like this where we talk with each other or talk over a particular event that just happened and our reflections on it. So this is one of those latter episodes, and I hope you will enjoy it as we talk about what we saw and some of our Uh, perceptions of the BSI weekend, including, and this is the important part, uh, I Hear of Sherlock Everywhere listeners that we ran into, and I Hear of Sherlock Everywhere guests who uh, may have played a role or were honored in some way during the BSI weekend. So, if you would like the show notes for this episode, any links we throw out and places you need to go, just go to ihose.co slash ihose256, all lowercase, ihose.co slash ihose256. That'll take you directly to the I Hear of Sherlock Everywhere website. And, of course, you can see all of these links and notes in the a podcast catcher, a podcast app that you happen to be listening to us in, whether it's YouTube or SoundCloud or Apple Podcast or whatever, but if you want to go to our website, that's where to do it. And we also have the ability for you to sign up for email updates because we do blog posts there and other written updates that you won't get through your podcatcher. So you might want to check that out. And that's also the place where our Patreon link is. It'll take you to patreon.com slash I hear of Sherlock. And just like on our other show, Trifles, We encourage people to support the show here. It allows us to do research, to uh, have transcripts made, to uh, keep up with the website and the hosting costs associated with the audio files. So it's a whole thing. It really is. But enough (laughs) of that. Let's get on with the show, shall we? Now, this, of course, is the Trout Quintet from Schubert. It usually is the underscore for our biography of whichever guest we happen to have on here but we wanted to get one important business item out of the way Bert do you remember what number episode we uh, had a contest for just for our Patreon supporters now we're going to go back a little ways here but there was a special contest where we asked them to identify the voices of people that were in our outtakes episodes. You remember which episode that was? Oh, I remember it very clearly. It was the blue one. The blue one. Um, <laughs> it could have been. Uh, I don't know what the appropriate ribbon color is for your 250th anniversary. <laughs> if that gives well, you any... I, uh, and, and, and I, I don't hint. either. It no? was probably episode 250. Uh, fantastic. How did you do that? Amazing. Wow. Amazing. 
Well, you are correct. Our 250th episode, our, um, what was it, our semi-quincentennial, we Uh put that out. And we had a number of Patreon supporters who who lobbed in their guesses of all of the voices heard in the outtakes. And we are going to announce the winner. And the winner, by the way, gets a whole bunch of stuff. A whole bunch of stuff from the iHose vaults. So, we're going to bring the tympanist in here. They managed to get, well, well, what's the singular of tympany? Is it tympanus? Is There's only one kettle drum here in the office. There's only room for one kettle drum. So, um, we are announcing that the Patreon supporter who guessed correctly the appropriate number of and names of voices in our bonus episode is Madeline Quinones. Hey, Madeline, Madeline Quinones, Quinones, which is someone we met very, very early in the Baker Street weekend. We actually met Madeline. That was a treat. Yes, we did. And we'll talk about her in just a moment. But just so our listeners know, if you go back and listen to those outtakes episodes that all Patreon supporters are eligible to listen to, you would have heard the voices of Michael Keane, Russell Merritt, Ashley Polisek, Jim Hawkins, Steve Mason, Andy Solberg, Bob Katz, Nicholas Meyer, Frank Cho, and Clive Marison. So that is the full complement of guest voices in that outtakes show. So, um, but I think that's that's a great uh, segue then, Bert, to talk about some of the people that we met for the first time. People that feel like they're part of the IHOS family because, well, quite frankly, they are. <laughs> I mean, there's really no other way to put it. Hmm. Yes, absolutely. So uh, we were, uh, I think we got into town on Wednesday night. It is the first Wednesday of the month, which makes it the traditional meeting of Ash Wednesday. Ash, of course, is the Adventuresses of Sherlock Holmes. We'll have a link to the Adventuresses uh, website in the show notes. But um, they, having been founded by Catholic women, uh, every the first Wednesday of every month they meet, they call it Ash Wednesday. How appropriate. And uh, it, there are no religious uh, uh, intonations there. It's just a cute name. Um, and that is where we all gathered at uh, Annie Moore's, a lovely pub there on Library Way, just in sight of the New York Public Library. We went upstairs, and people were just seated at tables and hanging out at the bar and whatnot, and uh, went up to the bar, and who was standing right there but Madeline Quinones, my fellow Michigander. Had to go all the way to New York to see Michiganders. Uh, isn't that strange how that works? That is very strange. But Madeline uh, was there for her first time to the BSI Weekend. I think she said it was her first time to New York City as well. And um, she is a relatively new Sherlockian, has gotten into this, has mixed very well with other Sherlockians. And she has a podcast of her own called The The Dynamics of a Podcast, which uh, we will have a link to that in the show notes as well. Excellent. Yeah, it was a great treat to see Madeline, at least for me, and uh, that's the first time I've had the opportunity to meet her. What a treat. And we took a picture with Madeline, too. Yeah, and, and that's the thing. People are snapping pictures indiscriminately all weekend long. It's just a wonderful uh, 
wonderful opportunity to get together with people and capture some uh, memories like that. Um, who else, as a listener, uh, did you uh, remember meeting, Bert? Oh, boy, you know, there are just so many, and so many people had such great feedback and um, interesting things to say about the show, about where they listen and how it's informed their lives. And um, you're blanking on names, aren't you? Yeah, you have a better list than I do. (laughs) I'll I'll run down the list and you can see if uh, if you were there for any of this, if you remember being there for any of this. No, I was in the car. Uh, (laughs) Well, um, Thursday... Thursday evening, after the the BSI Distinguished Speaker Lecture, which, by the way, the Distinguished Speaker Lecture was probably one of the best I've ever attended in the last uh, however many years they've been going on, 23 years or so. Um, and it is, it is our plan to have the Distinguished Lecturer, Speaker, whatever. I, I, it always irked me that the BSI goes, Speaker Lecture. Well, is it a speaking event or a lecture, or is, is it a, anyway? The distinguished the speaker lecturer. There, is, they're not a lecturer; yeah, the they're most, a speaker. Yeah, the most important part there is the distinguished, as opposed to extinguished. So the fact that we had a, distingu- a distinguished speaker is uh, the good news, and she was Dr. Lakshmi Krishnan, an MD and PhD, and it was just a fabulously delivered talk and very interesting mm-hmm. really was and we're looking forward to delving into that in more detail with her she's got a book coming out so uh, we will speak with her in due time and if you didn't get to the weekend and you're curious about her talk it will be published in the baker street journal this year so make sure you pick up yourself a, a subscription to uh, the BSJ. We'll have a link in the show notes for how you go about doing that. And of course, um, as part of our service here to our Patreon supporters, uh, every uh, at the end of every month, and no, you know what? I'm actually mixing signals here. I apologize. That's over on Trifles. We do our drawing at the end of every month and every yes, quarter. Yes. For there, there you go. If you're if you're not on Trifles yet, go check it out because that's where we do a monthly drawing for a free back issue of the Baker Street Journal, and a quarterly drawing for a free annual subscription to the Baker Street Journal. Um, That is for our Patreon supporters over on Trifle. So uh, check that out. That's another link we'll put in the show notes. Um, And by the way, if you're a Trifles listener and you haven't gotten your gifts yet, Hang with us. We're working out the administrative stuff. So <laughs> it's it's all part of the sausage making behind the scenes here at I Hear of Sherlock Everywhere. Um, but that Thursday evening after the lecture, we headed to the Oyster Bar at Grand Central Station. We became uh, full-fledged members of SPODE, which, what does SPODE stand for? The Society for the prevention of oysters destroying the earth which of course is a reference to the dying detective in which holmes mutters about oysters overrunning the earth and this is a society that our friend steve doyle founded some years ago which gathers to eat oysters and other things that look like uh, (laughs) looks like fish and so sign me up that's my attitude 
I know. It's it to me. It, it's the perfect blend of Sherlockian and non-Sherlockian interests. I mean, who can't get behind eating some oysters and doing some damage to their efforts? Um, but <laughs> you're seated at a very long table in the saloon area of the oyster bar, so you're seated across from somebody, and obviously next to. Uh, someone, and uh, we had the occasion to be seated across uh, the table from uh, Bob Sharfman, and Bob is from Chicago and has been a longtime listener and supporter of I Hear of Sherlock Everywhere, but he had been vexed in his attempts to support us financially. He, <laughs> I, I don't know whether he was having trouble with the, the PayPal portion or he didn't want to do patreon so he, he just said well where can i just send you a check and i have to tell you bert it's very rare that someone presents themselves to me and says make it easy for me to send you money <laughs> usually it's the other way around they're trying to extract money from me so to have bob um, sitting right across from me saying i i want to support you guys so i wrote down our address and I guess we tarried long enough at the Oyster Bar that he actually had time to write out a check. So, <laughs> Bob, we thank you for that. Um, not necessary, but it was lovely to see you there and to get to know you, and I hope we get to do it again. Well, I'm going to try that technique the next time I go to a sort of a crowded restaurant, see if I can find someone I can sit across from who'll give me a check. That's a great idea. I, it, it's the first time this ever happened to me. I, I, and in New York, I mean, come on, you're not going to find too many people like that in New York, but, but that was Bob. We also ran into, uh, Johanna Draper Carlson. And you may remember that name because, uh, Johanna is a, uh, a guest, a former guest on, I hear of Sherlock everywhere. She talked to us about, uh, Sherlock Holmes in the comics, her website on episode 239 and she is a regular contributor to i hear of sherlock everywhere and in, in the written form so you might want to check out some of her stuff there we'll have a link to uh her and her episode in the show notes and um i think it was her first bsi weekend as well and i recall i had a great chat with nick cardillo we were in the merchant's room which was really a lot of fun this year and a big improvement over prior years. This is where all sorts of people take tables and arrange to um, oh, sell books and all sorts of Sherlockian things. Mm -hmm. And it was great to meet Nick, who's from Philadelphia and, um, you know, a great example of the new faces that uh, we want to welcome into the Sherlockian world. Yes. Yeah. A lot of new faces, which is wonderful to see people like, um, Max McGee from Wisconsin and Matt Hall and uh, met Rudy Altergott from Chicago, you know, young and fresh faces that are interested in uh, Sherlock Holmes and what it is that we do in it. And what was really neat was to see them devouring not only the material, but just the uh, the, the, the scenes and the whole setting with as much gusto as we once did when it was early on in our experience there. So mm. you, you can get jaded after a number of <laughs> years for a number of reasons. But um, to me, that's one of the things that keeps me coming back is the hey wow factor. Uh, seeing other people discover things for the first time and 
introducing them to people and to experiences and to traditions and making them part of it as well. I hope that's what we're uh, what we're doing here on I Hear Sherlock Everywhere. Um, yes, yes. One of the things, and this this isn't uh, new to you, but it's new to me because you live near Bruce Harris, and Bruce Harris, who we've actually had on the show uh, before, we had him. Oh gosh, he talked with us about uh, his new uh, uh, anticipations in a Sherlock Holmes commentary on episode 240 talk with uh, yes. Bruce about uh, his inspiration from the Martin Dakin uh, piece there uh, well Bruce you've met before and Bruce is a supporter and has an I hear of Sherlock everywhere mug which is available at a certain level on Patreon just go to our Patreon and check it out you can see if you qualify and uh, evidently you had signed his iHose mug in Sharpie, and he wanted to make it a complete collector's edition, so he had me sign it as well. And we'll have a, a picture of that in uh, the show notes, and we'll make it available specifically for our Patreon supporters, uh, so you can see the iHose. Actually, you know what? We're going to make that available for everyone, so you can drool over the iHose mug. <laughs> And uh, whether or not you get it signed by Bert and I, well, that's up to uh, yeah. future travels, I suppose. Yes, you can also drool into the iHome <laughs> mug. And, and when, I signed, when I signed the mug for Bruce, I used pencils, so he'll never be able to wash it. Oh, that's a, that's a grand idea. I, I thought it might be interesting for us to use different types of ink where... Your name appears if the liquid inside is hot, right? Uh -huh. So Bruce, Bruce, uh, Bruce, Bert Wolder appears when you put coffee in there. And my name only appears when you put something cold in it, like scotch or bourbon on, on the rocks. I like it. Yeah. I like, you know, I think it's just wonderful that, that the Western society has gone through so much technological investment and creative development also, that here in the 21st century, we can have the luxury of color-changing mugs. I think it's absolute. And you know, we we just keep cracking these new frontiers of chemistry. I'm uh, completely, completely encouraged. I'm looking forward to later in the decade when we can maybe have color-changing collar buttons and things. Oh, like that's that. interesting. And because I remember in college, I had color-changing tequila. It wasn't the tequila that changed color. It was me after consuming you. too much of it. Yeah. Funny yes. how that works. Well, we still have. You, you're still color changing when it comes to tequila. So that's okay. <laughs> well, we're going to change things up here just a bit. We're going to give you this quick word from our sponsor. What was Conan Doyle really like? Thanks to American journalists, now we know. And you can know, too, when you get your copy of Sherlock Holmes and Conan Doyle in the newspapers, Volume 6, just published in January. Volume 6 covers the first month of Conan Doyle's tour of the United States in October 1894. Just four weeks, but it produced 230 pages of articles, interviews, reports from his lectures, and much more, and because of American interviewers, it's the first time we get really close to Conan Doyle the man. They tell us what he looks like, 
his way of moving and talking, and all those little things that form a three-dimensional image of the creator of Sherlock Holmes. Get your copy of Sherlock Holmes and Conan Doyle in the Newspapers, Volume 6, edited and annotated by Matthias Bostrom and Mark Halberstadt at wessexpress.com today. We're back. We're talking about the BSI Weekend in Review. Um, You know, we didn't get to everything. There's so many events now. You know, the the BSI... I do want to... Yes, I do want to mention, while we're still talking about friends, I have to mention Jules Spada. Did you you have a chance to meet Jules? Jules? I did not meet Jules, no. Oh, that's a shame, because Jules and Bruce and Bob Katz and I have been getting together in New Jersey um, more frequently for a a quick cup of coffee and some conversation. But Jules uh, was there. He was at the Baker Street Irregulars dinner this year. I think this was his first dinner. And he's a great Sherlockian and quite a morally scholar, too. Mm. And we have a lot of common interests. So you'll have to, we'll have to find an opportunity for you to, to meet Jules next time. He's yeah. a, a great, great addition to the community. I, I would love that. And speaking of Morley, I mean, Morley is the founder of the feast. And the BSI weekend began just with a BSI dinner. And for many years, that was the tradition, just the dinner on Friday night. Well, uh, Cliff Andrews came in from the Akron, Chicago area and decided to uh, get a gathering together on Friday afternoon, which became the William Gillette Lunch. And as you can imagine, over the course of, um, gosh, how many years has it been? 80-some-odd years? 89 years? Uh, it has uh, years. That's that can't be. Yeah, no. Next year, the BSI is celebrating its 90th. Um, Michael Keane announced that at the dinner. Um, that it, you know, it just it it has ballooned. It has grown uh, with the BSI dinner being oh, kind right. of the center, right. and then bookends on either right. side. So, um, as we right, mentioned, but I was thinking of I was thinking of the Gillette lunch. The Gillette lunch is not that old. No, the Gillette lunch uh, I think was founded in the. 40s, late 40s, early 50s or so. Um, I have to go back and check the, the BSI history series for that. But yeah, um, it was not concurrent with the BSI dinner. So um, it may have been 40, 45, 46, around there. Um, anyway, the, the, the weekend has really just ballooned, bookended. Uh, bookending the the BSI dinner. So there are a lot of things to go to. Not everyone goes to everything. Not everyone has to go to everything. The only invitation-only event is the BSI dinner. Everything else is open to whomever wants to go, generally speaking. Obviously, there are size limitations. We can't fit everybody into into that long table at Spode for the uh, oyster bar. Um, You, Bert, host a wonderful lunch at the Salmagundi Club. Tell us about that. Yes. Yes, it's over at Salmagundi. Well, it began almost 20 years ago, just as an excuse for about eight of us. I think you were part of that first group, but just the folks from New England getting together on a, th- on a Thursday afternoon for lunch. And we've moved around and we realized after a while we were following in the footsteps of Frederick Dorr Steele <laughs> in, in having lunch at, a, at different clubs that he was a part of, including the Society of Illustrators and so on. And so Richard Olkin named it the Lunch of Steele and we have commemorated the memory of Frederick Dorr Steele um, ever since. And indeed, Salma Gundy, which is a very old art club, 
one of the oldest, if not the oldest in America, going back to the 1870s, was a club that he was a member of. He used to live around the corner. And it was very nice. And we've this is another one of these small events. And Peter Blau pointed this out, that, um, you know, what happens in Sherlockian gatherings is two or three people get together, and then it becomes eight and 10, and then it becomes <laughs> 20 and 30, and then you need a hall. And, and we've just sort of capped, like Spode. You know, Spode is basically capped at 20 people. Yeah. And, you know, the, our particular steel lunch is capped at about 19, 20 people, only because it's uh, just becomes the whole character of just getting together for some quiet conversation just changes. That's just it. And it, it's so refreshing. And you have a lovely tradition that continues in the spirit of Christopher Morley with the Grill Partser book um to, uh, remind us where the grill parts are comes from and and what we do with it at the lunch of steel oh well it's a wonderful thing that folks should know about in connection with chris morley he had been at the time um a newspaper columnist and so in the 19 he loved forming clubs and in the 1920s he formed uh early 20s late teens formed um, a club dedicated to having lunch. But really, the point of his club at the time was an opportunity to eat in the kitchen of an Italian restaurant where there was also wine because this was and beer and maybe some other spirits because this was in the middle of prohibition. And so the back rooms of this particular restaurant were sort of a speakeasy. And that was his three hours for lunch club. And one and he would invite his friends, all, all different walks of life, a sea captain, fellow newspaper people, actors. Um, it was um, all men, I think. And on the way to lunch one day, he, he was always stopping in old bookshops and stopped in one and, and bought a collection of plays by the Austrian dramatist Franz Grillparzer. And this particular book, this anthology edited by a fellow named Pollock became the Bible of the three hours for lunch club. You would turn the page, open a page at random. And on that particular page for lunch, everybody would sign their name, but more to the point, the new people who attended a lunch for the first time would open the book, find a phrase because the book is not in, well, I think there is some German in the book, but the book is mostly, if not completely an English translation yeah. and then describe the relevance of that quotation to them and their appearance and sign their name. And in those days, people were smoking a lot and you had cigarette packs with tax licenses on them. Well, Chris Morley would take one of these stamps, one of these little labels off and with great solemnity, paste it back onto the page and f mutter some incantations. <laughs> so we, we, years ago, I found a copy of this particular edition and we do pretty much, pretty much the same thing. But without the cigarette, uh, without the cigarette labels. That's too bad. You lose that uh, patina, unfortunately. Well, I have Christmas seals from 1938, which... Uh, That's nice. That's nice. So it's a lovely tradition uh, where people just go and pick out the phrase. And, uh, of course, uh, the uh, I'm trying to think back to Morley and his initial... Um, the, the name for the society, he called it the Grillparzer Sitten... Oh, the Grillparzer Sittenpolizeiverein. Yeah, Sittenpolizei in, in German. Well, of course, Morley had been a Rhodes Scholar and had traveled in Germany and had some German. Yeah, Grillparzer Sittenpolizeiverein. This, um, this was the 
uh, auxiliary to the three hours for lunch clubs. It translates sort of as grill parts or morals police. Um, and this was this was a dinner group primarily, but that also invited women. And so um, all sorts of people, Ginger Rogers, who starred in a film uh, based on a book by Morley. Is I that think, Kitty Foyle? At least one. Yes, Kitty Fall yeah. came to at least one girl parts or lunch. All sorts of people. Buckminster Fuller. Buckminster Fuller Bucky. also came to the mm. yeah, also came to the three hours for lunch club. All kinds of people. That's wonderful. And, you know, what a shame that we couldn't have swung the BSI around to uh, having women involved earlier on, even though Morley saw the, uh, the the wonders of having them part of the uh, grill parts or sittings. I can never get that right. Sitten Polizei. Sitten Polizei Verein. That's, that's it. Sitten yeah. Polizei. Um, and interestingly, in a future episode of I Hear of Sherlock Everywhere, we will be talking to Julie McCurris and Sonia Featherston about the latest Baker Street Journal Christmas Annual, which is about women on the periphery of the BSI from 1940 to 1960. So that's a, a nice tie-in there. Yeah. So um, that was uh, the, the, uh, some some of the events. Uh, there there are a variety of others. People going to Otto Pendler's mysterious bookshop on Friday morning. People going to the Gillette luncheon. The wonderful presentations there. Um, Saturday was, of course, the vendors' room that you mentioned. The cocktail party in the afternoon. Um, but I think I want to mention a couple of things about the BSI dinner. There are two papers that are typically given at the BSI dinner, and the reason I'm going to call them out is because both of them have been guests on I Hear of Sherlock Everywhere before, and their talks are worth noting. And the first was by Betsy Rosenblatt. Now, Betsy, you heard most recently on episode 255 about Sherlock Holmes in the public domain. And let me tell you, we got a lot of great feedback about that episode while we were there. Um, clearly, uh, a lot of people listened to it. A lot of people were interested in the topic of Sherlock Holmes entering the public domain. If you haven't listened to that yet, do yourself a favor and uh, put it on your, your playlist. Um, but Betsy had confided to me before accepting the invitation on that episode that she was unsure if she could participate because she was giving this paper. <laughs> and uh, yeah, we went back and forth, and I said, well, why don't you see uh, you know, what you talk about on the show and then maybe craft a paper that fills in the gaps and talks about the things that you couldn't cover or didn't talk about. Well, she went one further. It was really a, a brilliant presentation because Betsy covered... 140 years of copyright law. Now, <laughs> for the average dinner-goer who is well in their cups at this point and has finished dinner, probably not the most exciting topic <laughs> to, to listen to unless you are a legal scholar or a historian of sorts. So what Betsy did in order to uh, keep us on the edges of our seats and to keep us laughing was to create or recreate an imagined correspondence between Dr. John Watson 
and the legal firm of Cadwallader, Cadwallader, and Cadwallader. And the, the genius of this is not only did Betsy manage to capture the sentiment and the sensibilities of each successive generation of lawyers and the way they actually corresponded, but she managed to make it clear that Dr. Watson is still alive and well and corresponding. <laughs> it was really well done. Yeah. Oh, it was, it was very well done. And the lovely thing, one of the many great things about her very funny and very content-rich paper in reviewing all the vagaries, the changes of copyright law over the years, Dr. Watson's questionable assignment of the identity of author to Conan Doyle, which she dealt with. But also, she also touched on the evolution of this law firm, because after a while, the Codrelotters, you know, uncles and nephews were all retiring <laughs> to be replaced by Victoria Codwallader Cod and, uh, and Lucy Codwallader, you know, and the, and the phraseology in the letters changed. And it was really... It was really um, great on so many levels. It really, really was. And, and the nice part is at the end, Sherlock Holmes is in the public. Yes, community. that's yeah. what we all wanted. Exactly so. Yeah. And the other paper uh, was given by a longtime guest, Dan Stassauer. Now, Dan and I were in uh, the class of 2001 of investitures, and he joined us on... Um, Gosh, four episodes of I Hear of Sherlock Everywhere, going all the way back to episode 13. He and John Lellenberg appeared together for um, Arthur Conan Doyle, A Life in Letters. Uh, and then uh, in episode 37, regarding the lost Conan Doyle manuscript that they edited. And then episode 48 for Dangerous Work, which was a look at uh, uh, the whaling journal of Conan Doyle. And finally, Dan was most recently with us on episode 194, talking about the Charles Augustus Milverton manuscript. Um, I'll leave it to you, Bert, to set up Dan and, and his uh, wonderful and instructive talk. <laughs> his talk was about Conan Doyle and Houdini, and, and among his other talents, skills, and interests, Dan is a great fan a um, very skilled magician, uh, member, I think, of the Magic Castle. So he's, he's uh, he knows whereof he speaks when we talk about magical apparatus and technique and also the career of Harry Houdini. And of course, as you pointed out, Dan's been with us many times, but Dan is also obviously a, you know, an accomplished author and speaker. And so what he talked about was a meeting of the American Society of Magicians that took place in New York City, I think in the 1920s, that involved both Houdini and Conan Doyle, and told us that at the time, Houdini's purpose, his interest, was to help Conan Doyle understand um, circumstances under which he might be being fooled. And forever, and took Dan took us through all of this. Apparently, it was a fascinating uh, meeting of the American Society of Magicians because, among other things, Conan Doyle, according to Dan, showed clips, rushes, I guess, preliminary film of the Lost World, the silent version of the Lost World, showing the animals, these animals, dinosaurs, and 
and um, animals since from, you know, before the dawn of man on earth on the screen. And this apparently was Conan Doyle since the film was then in production with stop action uh, animation, which was very effective for the time. This was Conan Doyle's um, well, desire, I suppose, to demonstrate that he both understood um, how, how illusions could be made, but also he hoped really to stump and surprise the audience. But in any case, Houdini, during uh, the course of this meeting of the American Society of uh, Magicians, because he didn't want to offend Conan Doyle, wound up doing um, a demonstration of his famous metamorphosis, where he basically changes position with someone in just the blink of an eye. And Dan did all this wearing a pair of <laughs> Harry Houdini's handcuffs. And I don't want to give away the ending of Dan's talk, but I will tell you that apparently, of course, where I was sitting, I wasn't a great direct witness to this because I couldn't turn around quickly enough. But I think at the end of Dan's talk, Harry Houdini appeared. <laughs> It was really quite something, and Dan has a, a knack for this, a flair for this, and uh, and again, uh, you know, a uh, I don't know, ten fifteen minute presentation um, had us on the edge of our seats, and uh, that's really uh, and two back to back presentations. I mean, that was really something astounding. So, uh, kudos to the uh, to those who are in charge of the program. Um, and the presenters for uh, the 2023 BSI dinner because they just pulled it off really well. Well, um, I do want to mention accolades from the weekend. Um, first off, I don't think we mentioned that the ACD Society met uh, for their second annual meeting at the uh, Mysterious Press, uh, excuse me, the Mysterious Bookshop, um, I think it was that Thursday morning uh, they met, and it was virtual as well. They had a running of the Wessex Cup. Now, you might be wondering, you might be asking yourself, self, how does one have a horse race inside of a bookstore? Uh, well, very simple. They're little toy wind-up horses with jockeys uh, that were decorated. Each of the 16 horses and jockeys were specifically decorated by uh, Peggy Purdue McFarland, um, or Peggy McFarland. I'm not sure. I think it's Peggy McFarland now. Um, Peggy. Peggy. It's it. Peggy. Well, Peggy's been with us before. Um, Peggy was with us, I think, on episode 129, where we talked about Pop Sherlock, when that was an exhibit at the um, the Toronto Library, Toronto Public Library. Anyway, Peggy decorated these horses and their jockeys specifically from the cannon, and they were run on a little felt-top table, uh, almost like a, like a craps table, and uh, the winner uh, took home the Wessex Cup. But more importantly, during the uh, session, during the ACD Society meeting, there was uh, the annual awarding of the Doylean Honorees, and um, I'm not going to go through every one of them, but I do want to call out those who have an affiliation with I Hear of Sherlock everywhere. First of all, one who does not have an affiliation with us, who deserves his own call out, is Owen Dudley Edwards. Uh, he was honored for lifetime service. And Owen Dudley Edwards, to those of you who may not be familiar with the name, 
is a Conan Doyle scholar, and he was one of the great minds behind the Oxford Sherlock Holmes, which was an annotated edition of the complete Sherlock Holmes from the late 90s, early 2000s, I believe, um, that was issued. Uh, nine wonderful uh, red-jacketed copies, uh, each annotated and edited by a different author, and I believe uh, Edwards was the general editor of the series. So it was really well done and well-reserved, uh, well-deserved uh, in, in his Yes, he's, his case. And he's, he's, also, he's also a biographer of Conan. Yes. Yes. So um, when we look at um, the, uh, the specific honorees in different categories, uh, the first honoree that has an affiliation with I Hear of Sherlock Everywhere is from the category of fiction and poetry. And for his contribution, uh, which was a story called The Unintended Offenses that appeared in Steel True, Blade Straight from Belanger Books, was none other than David Markham. Now, David appeared uh, with us on episode 199, where we talked about his prolific editing and writing history in uh, the Sherlock Holmes pastiche category. So uh, wonderful uh, books that you can get from David from MX Publishing, one of our sponsors here. Um, and I, they are almost up to, uh, I think they're almost up to volume 30 now in the MX, uh, MX series of uh, Sherlock Holmes stories. But those are all edited by David. And another David comes from the performing and visual arts category, David McGregor. He actually won for... Uh, Sherlock Holmes and the Adventure of the Ghost Machine from the Purple Rose. And we talked with uh, David, uh, of course, on episode 140 initially, and that was about um, Sherlock Holmes and the Elusive Ear. Uh, But then we did talk with David again on episode 235, which was uh, about a hero with a thousand faces. David is a Michigander and uh, the playwright for the Purple Rose Theater, and uh, it's great to see him honored for that. And then finally, uh, the final connection was also in the performing and visual arts category. Uh, This went to Frank Cho for his illustrations in Bonnie McBird's What Child Is This? Of course, we talked to Frank on episode 188 and we talked to bonnie too most recently on episode 251 um but frank has just outdone himself every year just does a wonderful job with the uh the bsi dinner menu uh he has a wonderful illustrated version of how watson learned the trick and then there was something that peter blau called to our attention at the bsi auction that was related to Frank Cho. Do you remember what it was? <laughs> well, what you're referring to is the cocktail party. There's an annual, it's really a luncheon. It's the Saturday luncheon of the Irregulars, which is open to um, other pe- people other than invested Irregulars. There's only so many people that can fit into the ballroom, but um, part of that is an is an auction every year to auction donated items to benefit the Watson Fund, and the Watson Fund enables 
this was started some years ago when Tom Sticks was head of the society. The Watson Fund enables the Baker Street Irregulars to assist Sherlockians who would like to attend but who don't have the resources to come to New York to offset some of their expenses. And one of the, what you're referring to is Bonnie's book, What Child Is This? A very rare copy, the only copy signed both by Bonnie and both by Frank Cho, who's the illustrator. But when Frank found out that the book was going to be auctioned the next day, on Friday night, Frank said to Peter, let me take this back to my room. And the next day, gave it back to Peter with, on the, on the uh, first page of the book, um, the actual first page when you open the book with a drawing of Sherlock Holmes, a new drawing made and signed by Frank Cho. So it was signed by both Bonnie and Frank with a drawing of Holmes, a wonderful drawing that Frank had done the evening before. He just is incredibly gifted artist. And yeah, and we, we should note that he did it with a pen from the Yale Club. It was just a ballpoint pen. <laughs> yeah. yeah, well, Frank, you know, he's got so much talent that the, really the tools that he uses, he doesn't really, doesn't really matter. You know, if it makes a mark, he can figure out how to use it. Exactly, exactly. So, um, wonderful roundup uh, of people there. David McGregor, David Markham, Frank Cho, honorees for, uh, from the, uh, the ACD Society for their annual Doylean Awards. And we'll have a link to... Uh, the ACD Society page as well. Um, and that brings us to the final accolades of the weekend. Um, actually, there was, you know what, there's one more before we get to the investitures. I wanted to mention um, the second annual awarding of the Susan Rice Mentorship Award. Um, this oh, is yes. something that was uh, inaugurated last year. Peter Blau was the uh, initial recipient, uh, but in this case, uh, the it seemed only natural for the next recipient to be Evie Herzog, and uh, Evie is one of the founders of the Adventuresses of Sherlock Holmes, always welcoming people in, especially people who uh, weren't uh, made welcome at those earlier BSI uh, dinners. And interestingly enough, if you go back and you listen to episode 89, where Evie and Susan Rice talked about uh, the founding of the Adventuresses. That very first dinner that uh, they tried to get into, well, Susan wasn't there, but Evie was, um, it was a cold night outside of, um, oh, what restaurant was the BSI meeting at that, uh, that time? Oh, I Kavanaugh's? think they were still at Kavanaugh's. Kavanaugh's. Yeah. And it was Peter Blau, along with John Bennett Shaw, who met with Evie and three others at the bar, downstairs and talked with them so it seems only natural that uh peter and evie being the first two recipients of the susan rice mentorship award is entirely appropriate so uh that brings us to the investitures there were 11 investitures and one two shilling award and four were related to i hear of sherlock everywhere they've been on the show before the first is erica dowell who is the uh, is she the director, curator? I don't know exactly what her title is, but she is at the Lilly Library. 
Yes, she is a, a curator, I believe, and Eric is very helpful. One, just a wonderful researcher and, and deeply knowledgeable. And I just completed work on an essay that Erica was very helpful in taking a look at some of the holdings of the Lilly Library um, that added a lot to, to my writing. But it was great that she was invested. She was invested as a first folio Shakespeare, <laughs> which is a great, <laughs> terrific investiture for somebody from the Lilly Library. Yeah, I love that. I love that. And uh, next up, we had Lee Shackelford. Oh, boy. Lee, I remember meeting Lee at my very first BSI dinner. He had done, he used to illustrate for the Baker Street Journal back in the 90s. And um, I, I met him there, and then he kind of fell off the radar for a while. But of course, we had him on I Hear of Sherlock Everywhere on episode 152 to talk about his wonderful play, Holmes and Watson. And uh, mm. Lee's such an accomplished uh, playwright and uh, actor and podcaster. It was just great to see him honored. And he, of course, actually appeared at the Gillette Luncheon in a, uh, a short skit. He played Sherlock Holmes, so uh, he really had quite he a was, uh, quite a weekend. And he was invested as Woodsman Wood, Woodsman's Lee. Woodman's Lee, yeah, that's Peter Carey's. Uh, is that Peter Carey's house? I think oh, that's, I don't. Remember. I think it's from Black Peter. Yeah. Um, and then uh, James O'Leary, a longtime contributor to the written pages of I Hear of Sherlock Everywhere, and a guest with us on episode one fifty where we talked about uh, elementary. Um, and James is just a, such a font of knowledge and so well-researched. He's contributed to the, uh, the, the Watson Society's uh, journal for a number of years and uh, just a, an all-around great guy. Mm, great writer. And James was invested as the son of the Grimpen Postmaster. Ha. <laughs> I like that James, who was the, the, the. It's not. It's not actually named as a phrase, but James was actually the name of the son of the, the Grimpen postmaster. And James, by profession, is in the postal service. So, uh, very very appropriate there. They they do such a good job with these. Um, and finally, the two shilling award was given to none other than Greg Ruby. Greg is actually the mastermind behind the organization of, um, the event planning. Uh, registration and everything that goes into that, um, which he does as a profession. So for him to take time out of his schedule and to dedicate it to the BSI, it's it's well-deserved that he gets the accolade of the two-shilling award. And Greg was with us on episode 128, going way back there, where he talked with us about Sherlockian coin collecting. So just a, a nice roundup there of IHO's representation at, uh, at the dinner, um, at the weekend, and, uh, you know, listeners and contributors alike. So I'm, I just thought it was a, a really nice way to get back to a post-COVID uh, uh, BSI weekend. <laughs> yes. And now Great it is post-BSI weekend with COVID. So that's uh, how appropriate. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Hey, 
it's a new year, and that means new content. Lots of new content coming from our friends at MX Publishing. Now, it doesn't have to be a new year to find new content from MX Publishing. In fact, if you sign up for their newsletter, you'll get updated every week about some of the latest. For example, every week, Steve MX sends out THIF. Thank Holmes, it's Friday. And in the most recent one, there's a news about a Kickstarter campaign, Sherlock Holmes and the unmasking of the Whitechapel horror. Then there are free audiobooks, including The Keys of Death by Gretchen Altebeff, Sherlock Holmes, The Hero with a Thousand Faces, Volume 1 by David McGregor, and The Bird and the Buddha before Watson, Book 2 by A.S. Croyle. That and Sherlock Sunday. Every week you get an update about new Sherlock Holmes books. All you have to do is go to the wessexpress.com homepage, go all the way down to the bottom, and you'll see a little box there to sign up for the newsletter where you can get information about promotions, new products, and sales. Make sure you check it out and see exactly all of the great content that's coming from our friends at MX Publishing. Well, you know what that means, Bert. It means that it's time once again for Canonical Couplet. That's right, it's everyone's favorite Sherlockian quiz show, where we pick two lines of poetry, from seemingly from out of the blue, and try to guess which Sherlock Holmes story, well, get you to guess which Sherlock Holmes story we happen to be talking about. And you are such a master at this, Bert. I really... Uh, I'm going to turn to you for the solution for uh, last episode's canonical couplet. The second first-class carriage from the front has been reserved. Watson's luggage gets to Paris well before him, he observed. Oh, Bert. (laughs) Go for it. Which Sherlock Holmes story are we talking about? It's so easy. This is the case that begins when Mycroft was served an overcooked pudding at the Diogenes Club. It's the case they called the creeping flan. Oh, no. No, Bert, no. Once again, you were so close, and yet and yet so far away. No, uh, we were looking for... Well, you know what? I'm going to turn to our friend Eric Deckers and see if... Uh, he can help us out in this case. He says, I've got it. It's the story where Arthur Conan Doyle collaborated with a well-known rap artist. It's the one where Sherlock Holmes faces almost 100 trials and tribulations, but secretly triumphs in the end. It's, I got 99 problems, but plunging to my death ain't one. No, no, that, that can't be right. It's, it's the final problem. And yes, oh, Eric. The final problem. Yes, the final problem. I, I don't know how you missed that one, Bert. Oh, no. Geez. Crazy, I know. Um, that's the one with the waterfall, or is that the one where the shower is gone? No, that's the one with the waterfall. It's the one with the chocolate waterfall. You remember that one? Yeah. Chocolate fountain. Yeah, I do. Yeah, chocolate-covered strawberries. Everyone loves that with uh, with Sherlock Holmes. Well, uh, no, that uh, that's what we're looking for. Um 
for uh, that solution from the canonical couplet for episode 255. So here's the thing. We're going to, oh gosh, I got to move the timpani out of here or the kettle drum and uh, mm-hmm. get the get the prize wheel moved back in here. And uh, there it is. Okay. And I'm going to give it a big spin. There we go. Slowing down and landing on number 62. Wow, it's some good participation this time around. Uh, And the answer goes to, looks like that is Chris Chan. Chris, thank you so much. Uh, I think that's a first-time entry for you, so uh, well done being chosen randomly from the prize wheel. We will... uh, we will get you a prize from the IHOS vault, something that is in the public domain, certainly. Um, but we'll <laughs> have that off to you shortly. And now it's time for this episode's canonical couplet. Here we go. Lestrade hears the whole story, which the client labels frightful. He woke up in the empty house, but that is not the title. If you know the answer to this canonical couplet, put in an email addressed to comment at IHearOfSherlock.com with canonical couplet in the subject line. If you are among all of the correct answers and will you choose your name at random, you'll win. Good luck. And I think what we're going to do is we're going to give give people uh, or give our winner uh, some souvenirs from the BSI weekend. I think that's only appropriate since we're talking about uh, the BSI weekend this time around. Um, I can't think of anything better. Can you? No, no. It's a terrific idea. Yeah. Well, we have some wonderful shows lined up for you in uh, future episodes. We've Obviously, uh, talking to some of the authors and editors coming out of the BSI weekend, some of the publications we picked up there, um, as well as others that have kind of been in our um, in our dockets for a while. We just need to get back on track with things, get our scheduling in place, and we are off and running here in season seventeen. Hardly seems possible. Well, this is the highly seasoned Scott Monty. <laughs> And I'm the undersalted Bert Wolder. Oh, but we love you just the way you are, Bert. And together we say the the games, games a foot a foot <laughs> the, the games a foot. I'm afraid that in the pleasure of this conversation, I'm neglecting business of importance, which awaits me elsewhere. Thank you for listening. Please be sure to join us again for the next episode of I Hear of Sherlock Everywhere, the first podcast dedicated to Sherlock Holmes. Goodbye, and good luck, and believe me to be my dear fellow. Very sincerely yours, Sherlock Holmes.